Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's really easy to use, you guys. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. We have a whole squad that can really hoop and get the job done. We got our way to win. It's simple, simple, simple for us. The first team ever in the 74-year history of the NBA to come back from being down 3-1 twice in the same playoffs. Nuggets down one into Murray. Here we go. <laughs> Ten seconds. Murray. I'm just the reality that y'all don't want to. That's it. Welcome back to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Garcia. You can follow me and all of the work that I do at Vita Viva Diva. Diva, sorry. My dog just hopped off the couch right at that moment. Um, Vita Viva Diva on Twitter, Instagram, on TikTok, if you want. You basically will just find people hating on me because I posted a thing against Embiid, but whatever. Um and of course, my lovely co-host, what's up, Riley? What's up, y'all? <laughs> Tell them where they can follow you, Riley. Okay. Uh, you can follow me at Riley Biller, and that's like O'Reilly Auto Parts, but without the O. And then like Miller, but with a B instead of the M. That's where you can find me on Twitter. I always just have to say R-E-I, like the store. Mm-hmm. yeah, That's yeah i mean how to spell your name i don't know or i say like the irish way or no one knows I don't know. what that means you like they do like when i think of like who, I don't know. I don't know. who? who would know that whenever i see my name it has one of those like leprechaun clover <laughs> things that's when I see in it. That's when it's the only time it's spelled right. So I know it's the Irish way. <laughs> Unless it's the Celtics. Questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I literally always do REI like the store. That's how I remember it. Or sometimes I say um, I before eat. Nope, not in Riley's name. Because okay. it's mean, usually well, I before E except after C, but it's not. It's I before E except after C and in Riley's name. And that's how I remember. Yeah, that's good. I mean, <laughs> but like a lot of people like here in South Carolina, like I think we just got our first REI store. Like in Columbia, we just got an REI store and like I didn't know what it was. And then one time I saw it when I was out in Salt Lake and I was like, oh my God, why does everyone have my nickname on their, on their jacket? <laughs> 
Oh my God. Okay, everywhere. And then I saw it said Rye Coop. And that's my little brother's nickname is Coop for Cooper. And I was like, okay, someone has been stalking my family in Charleston. Like, why do people have our nickname? Next thing you know, it's going to have Cars, my little sister, and my other sister, Sky. And I'm like, geez. And then I found out it was REI Co op. But uh, I love yes. But yes. didn't even know that place existed. But I feel like I need to get a bunch of rye stuff because it has my name already on it yeah um i can't believe you didn't know it existed people here love rei i feel like it's a it's a staple man but for like the food i feel like maybe but but when i was also walking in salt lake i was hiking moab and these people in front of me were talking about it and they were like what how do you even say rei and one of the people said it's ray and i was like ray my name is not Ray. It's Rye. I and they kind of the English language makes no sense to me. And I, apparently, your name's Irish, anyways. It's Irish, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think people will know how to find you now. <laughs> I think we've. Seen I mean, y'all got it, people. <laughs> yeah. Does everybody <laughs> understand where this. to find Riley? Uh, I think they get it now. Um, well. As always, there's going to be a lot of laughs in every episode, but when it involves Riley and I, it involves even more laughs because I don't know. She just gets me, you know, she says stuff that hits that funny bone just right. Makes me laugh. But um, we're going to play a special edition of Chicken Nuggets, the love edition. Mm. Um, In this edition of the Chicken Nuggets, we are going to, of course, because of Valentine's Day, you know, we're going to focus on things we love or ways that we feel loved. Um, Riley? Oh, God. As a Nuggets fan, <laughs> I feel loved when Nikola Jokic doesn't have to carry the team every night. It's been so frustrating, dude. I can't, I feel like we can't even expect more from him. And the only thing I I hear is, well, his team sucks. So he's not a good player because his team sucks. And he's literally carrying. Who's saying that? Anyone who wants Joel Embiid for MVP? Yo, first of all, I just want you to know that, yes, Nicole Jokic will not win MVP this year, regardless of how amazing he's played, because his team does suck. And second of all, neither will Joel Embiid. It's going to come down to LeBron James or Stephen Curry at this point. So don't worry. Your your most hated man in the NBA isn't going to win it either. I mean, he's not my most hated. Um, mm-hmm. His fans hate me, though. They mm-hmm. hate me. I'm his fans most hated. Yeah. yeah. You might not realize it yet, but you hate him the most in the NBA. No. No, no. Uh-huh. um i don't think i hate him i think i hate gobert much more much much and of course he's had a pretty good season he does not bother me nikola Jokic has deciphered him i have no reason to be worried about you remember when you said that the nuggets passed the jazz You, you remember that fun tape as far as they're a better team than the Jazz? Mm-hmm. Look, here's the thing. The Jazz got Clarkson, and the Nuggets got nada. 
Nothing. Oh, Jenna Garcia. What? Are you kidding me? You in the beginning they of the season. They improved in the offseason and the Nuggets didn't improve. No. Okay. First of all, take number one. You <laughs> thought we had a better offseason than the Jazz. Take number two. You every single day before the season would have taken MPJ over Jordan Clarkson any day of the week. Even on the worst. You know what? I wanted to believe in MPJ. I've been very, very critical of MPJ over the last several years. I thought that he had turned a corner at the end of last season because he got so much valuable experience. Um, But what I forget with MPJ is like his first year where he was, you know, his redshirt year, whatever you want to call it, where he sat on the bench and was recovering was also like a great opportunity for him to make the most of. And he didn't. So I forget that he doesn't really do that. And I don't understand why he's not using that for his benefit, but here's the thing. I've been critical of MPJ from the get. This is the, I would have this off season. The reason why I said the jazz off season was worse than the nuggets was because they got Clarkson before the off season. They got him last year. So technically, you know, it wasn't part of this off season. But here's the thing, Jenna. This is this is what happens to all of us in sports media, myself included. We get caught <laughs> up in the hype. We get caught up in the moment, and we get caught up in a single game. And we're like, wow, this guy's got next. But what do we actually know about Michael Porter Jr.? One, he can't remember plays worth shit. Whoa, Two, whoa, whoa. You've been on the Michael Porter Jr. train all day. I've gone back and forth. Two, two, (laughs) this man doesn't even give a flying crap about defense. And three, and this one to me is the most important and the biggest red flag that us ladies just love to ignore. He doesn't have a work ethic. Red flag. You're never going to be a leader. I never ignore that. For sure. No, no, no. Sure, yeah, man. we all have. It's just we got to admit when we have our flaws and ignore it. But let me tell you, when a player does not have a work ethic in this league where everyone is elite, you're going to fall behind and you're not going to be a superstar. And that was the biggest thing with MPJ, but we let the hype take over and get to our heads. And that's where we got to improve for sports media and look more at the person, the player, the how he plays, what he does while he plays, instead of listening to outside noise. And I think these are things we knew and we're seeing it now. Oh, I'm definitely, I mean, I'm with you. I don't think MPJ has the biggest work ethic on the team. Um, I'm not saying that he does. What I'm saying is that he had valuable experiences that he should have gleaned more from and it seems like he didn't walk away with anything or or you know actually i had this set up this this is a special valentine's or the other option is roses are red violets are blue mpj's game is dead michael malone killed it too because this happened before with nurkic and he became so unhappy and he was playing terrible and MPJ looks like he's not confident. So either one of two things is happening. 
either he literally did not learn anything from those experiences, which is really hard, a hard sell for me. Like he's a good player. We've seen him play good even this season or his confidence is shot somewhere because he's missed, missed a lot of shots. You don't think that his, his coach has any, any sort of responsibility in where his confidence stands. His coach asked for one thing, and it was called playing some defense. I think he MPJ has played defense. He's, he's played, played he's defense learned. when he's wanted to play. When MPJ wants to play defense, he'll play defense. And that's not how this team's going to work. That's not how this team's going to win. And I hate, hate, especially because NBA does this so much, and so does NFL, when our first instinct in our head blames the coach. I'm not saying our fir- my first is instinct is to blame the coach. I've been grinding on MPJ about learning the playbook since the first season when you could tell he got on the floor and didn't know any of the plays after watching every single game from the sideline that season. So I've been on him about all this other these other things. What I'm saying is he wasn't playing this bad until recently. And we know that, like, how much do you expect of him to take as far as, like, this battle between him and Malone as far as starting goes, et cetera. You don't think that the mind games get to a player? I think the mind games get to a player, but I also think like, dude, you know who your coach is. You know what he wants. This team has had a system for their organization. You either in or you're out. And he plays this little game when one foot's in and one foot's out. And he's played it since he's got there. I think at this point, you either want to step up and be the star and you love the game of basketball and do whatever it takes, or you don't, and he doesn't. And it looks like he's going to be a whole other Jamal Murray, an inconsistent guy, going in and out, can't win. First of all, Jamal played good in two very big games, including tonight's game. About damn time. He's on a bad ankle. He has a bad ankle, a bad shoulder, a bad knee. He's literally had the – I looked it up, and Jamal posted it literally on his yeah, Instagram. I know. It's petty, but no, it's not petty. He had way more, like over a hundred more minutes played in the bubble than LeBron. Over a mm-hmm. hundred more than AD. Old man. He had far more than anyone, mm-hmm. including Nikola Jokic, who was in second place. Mm-hmm. It was a lot more, Riley. And he was riding on injury going into that seat, into that, into those games, into those playoffs. He actually sat a couple games right at the end of the regular season games before going into the playoffs. He sat because he was tired, because he was injured. Went into those games injured. He barely got any recovery time. I'm telling you, give this man a break. It's not, he definitely has the fight in him. He's still playing. He's freaking dropping 20 plus against the Lakers and against the Celtics. Thank God. Thank God. Imagine where this team would be without that 20 points at this point. But I think that's the bigger problem. The fact that this man is whining and creating this little social media thing, like, this is why I'm playing bad. Here's the proof. He posted one picture. Oh, no. Oh no, oh, he posted yeah, one picture. Her plan, like, come oh. on. Riley, Riley, Riley. Man, she is a hater. 
when it comes to this topic. This is what I told Jenna before the show, and I'll tell you guys. (laughs) I am that outside person that y'all don't want to hear the truth from, because I'm going to tell you straight and how it looks (laughs) like outside of Denver. And let me tell you, Jamal Murray is a man full of excuses, and he has not played up to his potential. So then here comes this is why part. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Oh, man. Second half of this season, Jamal's just going to make you eat crow. So bad. So bad, Riley. I I cannot wait. I hope you guys all be the first one to apologize. Because I got it wrong, right? I got it. I I was hard on MPJ, and then I decided, you know what? I think he's learned enough. I think he should be good. He's been showing signs of improvement on defense. He's a fantastic rebounder. The Nuggets desperately needed his rebounding before Jermichael was uh, healthy. And I wanted him to flourish, and I genuinely think that he – think he's down on himself. I think – he feels like his coach is down on him. Like, I don't think he feels like his coach likes his game. And why does it have to be him adjusting to the coach's system? Why can't it be? We adjusted for Nicola and Nicola, the system runs through Nicola. And then we Nicola, added in the two man game Nicola. with Jamal. So why can't we adjust to add a third person in? There's reasons Things. They know that he has talent, but it's all ultimately up to the player. I can tell you right now, Nikola Jokic wanted to be that guy. Worked to he be that it. guy. He didn't want oh, to be that guy. You think that no, man? No, no, no. I mean, he definitely he worked. A natural, natural God's gift? No, he definitely worked. But the first few years, it wasn't that he wasn't working, but he definitely never wanted to be that guy. Nikola's never wanted to be the guy. He probably till to this day doesn't want to be the guy. Yeah, he wants to win. I mean, he wants to win, but he doesn't want to be the guy. He would rather Jamal be the guy, MPJ be the guy. He would. I guarantee you. That's what makes him such a selfless player. He only does what he has to do. He's the type of guy that went in that locker room, went up to Coach Malone and said, what do I need to do to make this team win? That's what he was. Yes. I don't think that Nicola would be that. I think Malone went up to him and Malone said to him, look, you are the future. Get on board. No, 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 no. A guy like Nicole Jokic does not need to hear that. And I can tell you, Michael Porter Jr. went up to Coach Malone and be like, yo, where are my minutes? Where's my starting spot? Where's my plays? There's two different approaches. There's two different leaders and there's two kind of guys that are leading a winning team. And it's not Porter Jr. It's the guys like Jokic. It's not about them. It's about winning. I promise you, Riley, it wasn't Nicola. I mean, you have, you're making a, it's a good point, but Nicola never did ask for any of this. He like absolutely didn't want to be the leader on this team. It was Malone who had to convince him to be the leader. It was the right option. And I think Jokic is getting on board. But, I mean, you make a fair point saying, you know, the difference between him and, and MPJ is that MPJ thought it just, like, he should just have it. Nicola never even wanted it. Of course, he was working, and he was. People, he was, I think, team, the team was seeing 
that the system worked best through Nicola and that he was going to be great, you know, before Nicola even necessarily thought he was going to be that guy. But on the other hand, MPJ thinks he's that guy already. So, and I don't even know that he thinks that right now. I think he thinks he's, he's, I think he's forgotten that right now. No, 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 no. That's a cocky man we're talking about. Did you ever think about Coach Malone choosing Nicole Jokic? Because two, three years ago, there's this huge gap in the NBA where there are no centers that can actually play ball. There's this new revolution of a wide, a taller, bigger wing that could shoot the ball and that could pass the ball. And he said, wow, this guy has all those skill levels could fit a spot that we don't have right now. And then he was there before anybody else was there. And now you have the best center in the league. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think that literally, I think that Jokic has been who Jokic is for a long time, just like Luka because they played overseas and they got to do professional ball for a while, they kind of came into their game for a long time. And they like are the player that they're going to be like Luke is going to be a better version of what he is now. But Jokic is very similar in that sense that he probably, he got a lot less attention. So you probably didn't get to watch him back in those days, but there was very much like a, he is different and weird and it's not working because we're fighting it. And then, okay, let's not fight it anymore, which is, that's why we celebrate Jokic day. That was the day that he was inserted into the starting lineup and the system started running through him and Jokic. I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, I think he's always been different and unique. And I think the team saw something in him that is cool, but all the same, I mean, a good point. Um, do you want to share any ways that you feel loved as a Nuggets fan? Sure. This is really testing my noun and verbs. So don't judge even though I'm a college student. I took my last English class freshman year of college, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. Okay, let's see here. I feel loved as a Nuggets fan when the front office does trades. <laughs> ah, you wanting to see a trade from the Nuggets, huh? Yes. Make some moves. Man up, grow a pair. Let's go. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely something they probably could afford to do with who their ownership is. Um, I think they've, they're probably like everyone feeling like they shouldn't because there's been a whole pandemic that's kind of cut into their end of year profits that they kind of assumed they would have that they don't have. And then one would ar could argue that it's the perfect time to strike because everyone's going to be trying to save and cut back and stuff, but not in the NBA, right? Not when it's uh the Pistons deciding to go all in on Jeremy Grant and all kinds of changes. I mean, they paid the man a lot of money, whether you think it was smart or not. They still like went in on some um, guys, you know, and even, well, you know, outbid the Nuggets on that guy. I have, there are questions that I have in the NBA right now that I'm super skeptical about. We haven't seen, I don't know, right now, we have a mapped out finals. 
right? We got Brooklyn versus the Lakers. Now, I still got the Lakers, but depending on Anthony Davis' health, we're getting the truth about that, it could be Brooklyn. Now, those teams have just in just the craziest, craziest star power lineups, right? And I even saw today that the Lakers are trying to get J.J. Redick and Andre Drummond, which would be uh, so extra, but yeah. it's Lakers. But do you think that we're at a point where it's like they don't want to spend over the money, they don't want to necessarily put themselves out there until it's a more equal playing field? interesting because it looked like very early in, in free agency that it was a wrap that the lakers had this year in the bag right i mean it still looks like that it still feels like that like why even make a move at the trade deadline why not just ride out this team that you have develop the players that you have i mean you have seen malone kind of buy into playing some of these guys deeper into the bench which I'm so thankful for, like, give the guys a break. You're going to lose this game anyways, you know, like just sit these guys. I'm sorry, but sit your starters, you know, they need rest. Like it's obvious you have seven dudes out tonight or five guys out tonight. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. It kind of feels like when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors and we knew that season was knew it was over as soon as he signed it we knew it was over and it, it just it feels very similar teams weren't making a whole lot of moves besides developing their players and preparing for the season after and that's kind of what it feels like to be honest and thank god i mean really for the james harden move because it would have really been a nasty season and nothing to look forward to well yeah yeah i mean james harden moving to the east I think made the East a little bit more competitive, you know, and the Nets being just healthy because they weren't healthy last year. So they automatically are a lot more competitive. Makes the East look a little bit better, tougher to come out of. I still, there's a lot of teams I like in the East this year, but the only teams that are going to be the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers are the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers. (laughs) So really, you're not giving anybody else a shot. Okay, hypothetically, who do we have in the East? Okay, we have Milwaukee. First of all, Giannis doesn't know how to win. He just doesn't. He doesn't have it in him. He can't win in the moments. Okay. Then you have to worry about guarding three All Stars. You don't think Giannis learned from last season? Yeah, I said that the past three seasons. What did I tell you about betting on Giannis? Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Then you have the Celtics who are just up and down and all around the roundabout. We don't know where the heck they are, what the heck they're doing. Are they there yet? Are they not? Probably not. And then who do you have? You have, uh, you have, like, you have the Sixers. Okay, cool. Ben Simmons, shoot. Oh, wait. You can Joel have created a pretty good two-man ga- game, chemistry, pick and roll. Yeah. Well, they playing I'll- better than ever. Let's see what happens when Doc gets in the playoffs. Like I said, best regular season coach. We know. We see it year after year. We're going to go to the playoffs. What does he do? He loses, even with talented guys. Ben Simmons, not a winner. Okay, then who do we have? We have uh, the Heat, who are not looking nearly as good as they 
they used to only love. focusing on the east right now yeah i'm saying to compete with brooklyn i just mm. there's not I don't a think single... they can compete with brooklyn this year no not this year they look terrible this year that's i don't know what's going on down there um yeah no one's though you have utah you have the clippers i think depending on how it shakes out depending on where they everybody falls in the standings Utah seems like the only team that believes in the NBA still. And they're always they're, a little behind. <laughs> well, everyone is off the map now. But yeah, Utah's like, hey, okay, we're going to try. And that's why they're number one in the West. And they're only going to try to get all the way to the Western Conference Finals to get swept. Okay. Now what? You're telling me Mitchell is is – and Gobert going to beat LeBron in AD? Frick no. You kidding? No. Come on. Come Injured on. AD. That's a, it, de- it depends on that, but I still don't have anyone beating LeBron. If we've learned anything besides how terrible the year 2020 was, it was that don't count out the goats. We can't do it. Either it be Tom Brady, LeBron, or, of course, Jordan. You can't count them out, okay? They're in this position for a reason. He's not losing as long as he's in this league. I'm not ever betting against him, and I don't think anyone's going to beat LeBron because he has the surrounding pieces that he needs to win. So, yeah, that leaves us with the Lakers and the Nets. Unless a catastrophic injury happens, then that's the only thing – I mean – that's the only thing I could see shaping it differently. And you have a lot of guys on those two teams, the Nets and the Lakers, who are catastrophic injury kind of guys. Except the most important guy out of those two teams. And Definitely. I still take him over the entire NBA. So, I mean, I would kind of like to see that matchup just because I love KD and I would love to see him beat LeBron again. Oh. He had to pair it with the two greatest shooters of all time against a really crappy Cleveland team that had one of the greatest shooters of all time. KD is in those two, so you can't say the two greatest shooters of all time, Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Please. Oh my goodness. I'm not on this KD bandwagon that you'd love to be on. It's not a bandwagon. I've been loyal to KD from the get. For real. You have, you have, but I'm just saying, I just, he's not there for me. My first courtside game at Pepsi Center was to see KD play when he came to town with James Harden and the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was the best team. And what what ended up happening that team? They went to the finals and lost to who? (laughs) Anyways, um, man, the roses aren't so red over there with you. You know, honestly, it's been raining here for a solid, like, 10 days straight. <laughs> I'm feeling, like, Seattle vibes, and, like, there's a reason I'm not living in Seattle, okay? <laughs> You've all experienced Riley's dark side this evening. Thanks for yeah. listening to the pod. <laughs> I don't know if y'all have seen, like, the East Coast memes right now, but they're so funny on Twitter. It's like, you know, like, when will the rain stop? Or, like, and that was the last day we saw the sun. <laughs> Oh my God, you guys can stop complaining when you're all actually f- abiding by the 
you know, protocols of wearing a mask and not social and socially distancing and all that stuff when you guys actually fun fact, South Carolina just became the top state for COVID cases, one per hundred thousand. You're gonna get it, sis. I already got it, sis. <laughs> so honestly, we're going for just herd immunity at this point. <laughs> we only have so many people in this state. Yeah. And most yeah, of them are seriously. spread out by like a hundred acres. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck to all the old people in South Carolina this week and in future weeks. Um, Nuggets fans, you know, I think Nikola Jokic should be everyone's Valentine. He's the best. He's the greatest. I don't know if uh, I man. Last year, I came up with so many funny like roses are red, violets are blue stuff like whatever rhymes they were so funny i did one about the astros like something about like you're not a trash can but i totally bang you or something like that it was good it was funny you know cheaters but um you know i feel like we really can't talk anything pro rockies at this point because i think the season coming is about to be Real I have nothing positive to say about the Rockies, Riley. I'm just saying I still don't have anything positive to say about the cheating Astros. Get out of here. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I I can't imagine how you're feeling after losing your main guy in the Rockies and then seeing another top pitcher go to the Dodgers. Um, That's a rough week for you right there. Yeah. Uh, you know... You're just sour. You're just defending the Astros because you're a Red Sox fan and they also cheated. So, you know. Look, the harsh reality of the world's going to hit you one day and it's that they all cheat. Oh, yes. You're Miss, like, I want the most ethical, hardest working person and, like, believing in these people existing. Like, people are human, right? Yeah, I know. But there's also this thing my parents always told me growing up it's called not being naive to the world. And it was harsh. Every time I wanted to believe something, like, man, LeBron James doesn't cheat on his wife. It'd go like this, Rye. Don't be naive. Rye, <laughs> don't be naive. Yeah. Don't be naive about my... that. <laughs> you know what's always in my head now? Aim low, expect low, and then maybe you'll have your expectations exceeded. Oh, man. It sounds really depressing. <laughs> I think it's just the weather. It's the weather getting to you. You're you're more chipper than this. This has been a lovely Valentine's Day episode with my special Valentine, Riley. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Chicken Nuggets podcast. Uh, We'll talk to you guys soon. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.